You want to find your tribe of raving fans. And that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Digging Deep, where I help business owners build a better business. And today, I'm joined by two uh, lovely ladies. They are the uh, owners of Plenty Hard Kombucha. Uh, please welcome to the show, Valley and Jamie, the, both are co-founders of this really interesting drink. Um, you know, for those people who have had kombucha, um, you know, we're going to talk about it and, and talk about their journey. So welcome to the show, Valley and Jamie. Hey, thank, thank you. you for having us, Justin. Great to yeah. be here. Oh, thanks. And, and thanks for sending the, the sample. The sample is really interesting. I, I took a, a swig this morning. Okay, so it, it is it is alcoholic to some degree. So I know uh, when I'm recording this, this is 10 o'clock in the morning, but it is 12 o'clock somewhere in the world. And I'm right. going to give this a shot uh, and, and give it a word because I promised them uh, that I would try it on the show. And I, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to ruin uh, and or preemptively make a judgment. I, I wanted to have like a, a pure like reaction here on the show. So um, I have it open here and I'm going to take a sip. So I let you guys know what this tastes like. I love this. <laughs> so, you know, this, this kombucha and I, and I, I'm not a kombucha connoisseur by any means. I, I probably only had like maybe two in my entire life. Um, it doesn't taste as, I guess it doesn't taste as medicinally as some kombuchas do. Like, I feel like some kombuchas kind of have this, really really sort of tangy um uh zing to it but then like it has a weird finish uh, i don't get this out of the the kombucha that you have here uh and the flavors are mild um but but not um but not missing uh and and when i say not missing i, I kind of compare that to i don't know if you guys have you guys ever tried bubbly the the fizzy water that people yes. are buying yeah <laughs> yeah that stuff is disgusting um <laughs> uh, and, and I can't taste it, but it's, it's too artificial. I, I don't like it. Um, this on the other hand, I think, um, I actually, I don't mind it. Um, I don't mind the flavoring. I don't think it feels artificial and there's enough flavor in there, um, uh, that, that doesn't make me kind of like, kind of cringe. So I, I was worried because I mean, it does say, this one is a mango, pineapple and coconut one. So, um, yeah, actually yeah. better I think, than I, yeah, better than I expected. It. I think you nailed it there. It's, uh -huh. a, it's about balance, right? So the we crafted it so that it's a better for you beverage. So it's, it maintains kind of those qualities of lightness and crispness and one gram of sugar, but still kind of bringing in that that true flavor from real fruits and and botanicals. So um, yeah, it's a it's a handcrafted by design to be a lighter version. So the it is a hard alcohol. I don't know if we made that clear um, <laughs> with well, your 10 read, comment. I, yeah, I, right, read, so I read it that it was alcoholic. Uh, so, you know, but like I said, it's, you know, 12 o'clock somewhere in the world. Uh, but what I do like about it, that it is only one gram of carbs and I'm on a keto-ish diet. Um, mm -hmm. So I try to keep the carbs low. So this is great. Uh, good alternative to beer. But uh, yeah, more importantly now, how did the journey to this drink happen? Like, where did this start from? Um, 
I was making kombucha at home. That's how it all started. Okay, so tell um, me about the I, kombucha process because I, I I don't know if everybody who's listening knows um, what kombucha is, and and I've seen the starting um, Scooby or Scoby. I don't know what Scoby. Scoby, and it's kind of odd looking. So, but just kind of give us a quick overview of what it is before we kind of get into the journey itself. So kombucha is a fermented tea beverage. And what makes, basically you take black tea or green tea, add sugar, and then what makes kombucha is the SCOBY. SCOBY stands for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. So it's just, it's a mixture of bacteria and yeast that forms this like gelatinous, slightly gelatinous mass. And that, that makes kombucha. It converts tea into this fermented beverage, um, full of digestive enzymes and antioxidants and amino acids. That's actually good for your body. So I was making it at home and I love kombucha. And, you know, I was looking at that time, I, I actually became gluten intolerant. Um, so I was looking for a drink, you know, that wasn't beer, but kind of would give the same like satisfaction as drinking a beer that's carbonated and also has flavor, right? Like a lot of the, um, some of the refreshment beverages um, are too sweet or some of the vodka sodas weren't flavorful enough for me. So that's kind of where it started. I wanted something that I was creating for myself that was clean, organic ingredients, real ingredients, nothing artificial. So I was making it at home. And then from there, you know, people really liked it. My friends really liked it. And me being quite entrepreneurial, you know, always, um, it's been, it's just, I've been, you know, I've been searching for this idea of like, I want to start my own business. So I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to make this happen, put it in a can and uh, people want this drink. Cool. And so, so then it started. So it started with you. So then where did Jamie come into the picture? Yeah. So I, Valley started, uh, you know, building, building her business and business plan and, and started raising funds and actually went to a dinner party where, one of her potential investors and now investor, uh, you know, had kind of these jars of this hard kombucha that he was trying. And he said, I'm going to invest in this company. What do you think of it? And I thought, oh, dang, this is delicious for one. And then two, it was really like solving a problem that I had had as well as, you know, like a lot of drinks are very sugary, a lot, you know, calorically dense and being sort of a health conscious Vancouverite. This was absolutely what I was searching for as well. So we got to working together. Um, I was also looking for something entrepreneurial. Like I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and we got to chat and, and yeah, but that was about a year ago now. And we started working together, which is highly unusual. Most uh, founders find a, a, a co-founder through, you know, school or work or, you know, it's certainly not in the middle of a pandemic. So it's pretty, pretty unlikely that we met each other and, and, and wonderful. So, yeah. Well, the world brings people in the most mysterious ways, right? Absolutely. Uh, now, now, so tell me a little bit about that process. So now, so you, you're brewing it at home um, and, and obviously you'd had at first, I mean, it probably didn't start off as a can when you, when you went off to, to pitch that. So I mean, probably, I'm going to guess they were in glass jars and, yes. or, or like those, uh, those bottles that you, you get with a, a growler top or whatever. Um, so tell me what that process was for you to say, hey, like I've got a concept and now I want to bring it to market. What was what was that journey like? You know, what did you have to learn? What type of obstacles did you come over? Uh, what type of things did you, you know, 
did you not consider or did not even realize that you had to go through uh, to get an alcoholic beverage onto market? Yeah, so I had this formula that I was making it at home and I knew it needed to be made bigger. Uh, we needed to scale it up. And I got in touch with um, Kristen from Hoochie Booch. Um, and we started working on, um, she's the kombucha expert. So I, I, you know, I just wanted to start working on perfecting what I already had. So we started working on R&D. We did R&D for like a year. And from that point, um, you know, we did, we got, we perfected the formulation. We perfected the flavors and it needed to go into a brewery, right? We were doing small test batches and yes, they were in glass bottles, like they weren't in cans. Um, and it needed, we need a license. So um, it was quite the journey because no one had made hard kombucha the way we were making it. Uh, basically, we're taking kombucha and fermenting it naturally to 5% alcohol. We're not adding any spirits or vodka or anything like that. It needs to ferment like a beer or a cider or a wine and naturally create the alcohol. And, you know, speaking of breweries and brewmasters, I got a lot of no's. They said, we don't know how to do this, right? Like, so I actually ended up um, looking at the US where it was booming at the time and going down to San Diego and talking to a couple of companies that were just like, they couldn't keep it. They couldn't, it was, there was so much demand. They couldn't keep it in on the shelves and they couldn't, couldn't even supply. So they were moving. There was one company that was moving to a bigger facility. Um, so I reached out to, you know, a brewmaster down there and, and learned quite a bit. Um, so I went to San Diego twice because that's where it was doing really well and people were making hard kombucha at breweries. Um, so it's been quite the journey of like trying to learn because here people didn't know and I was trying to teach, we had to figure it out and teach them. So eventually we did move to a brewery, uh, a beer brewery and work with the brewmaster there. But again, he was good at making beer but not hard kombucha. So we had to bring to the table the knowledge on how to make this hard kombucha. Um, and yeah, you know, trying to make something new, like we, we, were, we were the first to launch um, a beverage of this kind in BC. So That's definitely, funny. definitely faced some challenges there in terms of, you know, even we're working with the, with the liquor board to get our license. Um, yeah, during the pandemic, which, which took longer than it did because I think the government had moved all their resources to, you know, save the existing businesses. And then anything new kind of came second or third. So, yeah, it's, it was, it's been quite the journey for us to, you know, the last year and a half to, to launch. And, um, yeah, but we're in a lot of stores right now. So we feel very, very, very lucky. Yeah. Cool. And so tell me about some of the stores that you guys are in and, you know, what was the process of trying to get into stores? Like, you know, being a new category, technically, I mean, at least in Canada, being a new category must have its challenges, you know, especially trying to to get, you know, stores to open up some shelf space for you, um, you know, and to and to allow you to test market uh, that. Like, how did that journey go? Did you start just on a website and then move into stores? Did you go straight to stores? Like, what happened there? We went straight to stores. Yeah, and it's been stores. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a good thing. The new category, um, 
it's it's good and there was also the bad side of it where people didn't know what it was it was new so there's some educational piece that needed to come into it but we have such a great product people would try it and they'd be like oh actually this tastes great and this is new so we'll try it and then we also got the other part of the objection is what is this why do we need to carry it in the stores so we were well prepared like our our sales manager was well trained and he's he's doing a really good job fantastic and yeah, so and jamie sorry oh go ahead and i, I think you want really to add excited it. about the new category right like it's not it's not beer it's not cider it's not it's something very very new and and cool and exciting and so there's lots of early adopters that want to bring that to their their customers so you know you start out with the private liquor stores uh, you know, they're sort of the early adopters of new, innovative, uh, cool products and, and want to share it and, and always have that for their customers. Um, and we are just in the last uh, month or so, we've we've got, a you know, a dozen BCLs that we've uh, entered into, which is quite, quite uh, challenging for a new product to get into, especially in the first three months of launch. We were told that would be impossible for for year one to get into the BCLs, but uh, yeah, so it's all it's all happening. But certainly, you need to kind of prove the volume and the sales initially to to tell that story. Cool. Yeah. And so let's talk about BCL. Okay, so you know uh, BCL for people listening is BC Liquor Board um, uh, or liquor stores. And so if we're talking like like there's got to be some challenges in scaling, right? Like you know bringing a small batch uh, to to smaller you know. Uh, stores and and whatnot must be a lot easier. But now when you're going to scale the volume, uh, what type of challenges have you run into? I mean, like, you know, both from the facility standpoint and for, you know, logistics standpoint, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic, there was a massive supply chain challenges on top of it all. So aluminum cans were hard to come by. Every Everything was you know, 10 to 20% more expensive than it was the year before. Um, but in terms of scaling it, it uh, you know, we, we tested a lot. We did a lot of uh, testing and, and actually, you know, our first batch was, was phenomenal. So we, we really lucked out that, uh, you know, it was a bit of good math and a good brewmaster and all of Valley's R&D for two years kind of came to fruition. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a, <laughs> until you can scale and become a massive producer, you know, everything's just, you know, extra expensive, extra difficult, a um, lot of late nights at the brewery tinkering and, uh, but it's all really fun. So yeah, we're, we're enjoying the scaling process for sure. That's awesome. Now let's talk about, you know, let's wind it back a little bit now, you know, prior to brewing kombucha uh, in your home uh, before this journey really started, what was your journey like before this whole thing? What, what did you guys do? You know, what was your background? You know, uh, and, and, you know, we talk about entrepreneurial spirit, spirit, um, but walk me through sort of the beginning stages of, you know, who Valley uh, is and became, and then of course, to where Jamie, you know, where, where, where your uh, education and, and work uh, has taken you to, to get you to this point. Um, I come from the clothing manufacturing business. So I was uh, prior to uh, Plenty, I was at uh, the MEC head office on the design and development team. I was uh, developing um, technical fabrics and prior to MEC, I worked as a designer. So I, I have that creative slash product development background. 
and working with suppliers. So when I got this opportunity to make a drink, um, it it wasn't too hard for me to start putting it all together. Okay, this is what I need to do. These are all the different suppliers I need to work with. Um, and it, I just knew how to bring it all together because we were, I was, I've been doing that for the last, you know, 15 years of my life of working with suppliers and bringing things together and creating product. Just, it was a different kind of a product. Cool. And Jamie? Mm-hmm. So I started my career as a, I became a chartered accountant. So I, I, uh, did my finance education and then went into management consulting. So I did that for management consulting for a decade, uh, most recently at senior manager at KPMG. And so that looks like just going into businesses and helping them scale and grow or manage risk um, from an operational or strategic uh, development perspective. So I, yeah, at the heart of it, it's solving business problems and, and I want to do that kind of at a smaller scale and, you know, with my own business. So yeah, it was a great, great opportunity. Well, what a good union that is. I mean, you have, you have everything from product and R&D all the way to business management and scaling. So I mean, you guys are set. I mean, <laughs> next thing you guys know, you guys are going to take over the world. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> it's a really great partnership. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, so tell me about, you know, how rewarding is it to work on or create something that you are so passionate about? Like, you know, walk me through the, the, the ideas in your head, the, the passion, you know, the things that drive you uh, to, to kind of get up in the morning to do this stuff and, you know, go through these hurdles that you guys are going through and, and do it with a smile because you, you, you guys are walking around with bright, bright smiles and, and it looks like, you know, life is good. But, uh, you know, every entrepreneurial journey has their challenges, but you guys look like you're facing them uh, square on with big, big smiles on your faces. Yeah, it's it's the product. Like I, we truly believe in this product. Like this is this is why we brought it. I brought it to market because, you know, I was like, this is a product that people need. It's clean. It's clean ingredients. There's nothing artificial to it. We don't add preservatives. It's also low calorie, low sugar, low carb, and it doesn't compromise on flavor. Right? It's got all these good things going for it and it tastes great. So people who drink it, they they get it and they love it. People have been loving it. So that's what um, drives us. And we use and we use organic ingredients. So you know, doing a part to create, we we actually care about this product and the company and the choices we make as a company, right? Um, and to be able to scale this and this excitement that we see and the feedback that we get from people like really drives us to, you know, it doesn't matter if we're working 12, 14 hours a day. It's, it's very rewarding because we're trying to build something. We've got this new category of beverage um, that we're putting out to the world and we've got more like new flavors coming out and people are excited about it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's our, company values or beliefs and the product itself that uh, gets me up in the mornings. And, and eventually like we do want to start giving back. Um, it's part of our company core value to support local. I mean, we already are like every single one of our suppliers are local and um, you know, we want to start supporting local farmers um, and buying you know, all of our fruits from them. So we've got all these plans that, um, yeah, a lot of uh, exciting things coming down the pipeline. I mean, yeah, we're we three talk, months in. Yeah, yeah. we talk every day yeah. and, and for a year on, you know, what kind of a brand do we want to build? What kind of a company do we want to build? What kind of a culture do we want to have? And 
And it's really, I'm very passionate about, you know, our employees, our, our culture, what we're trying to build and, and ultimately how we build our relationships with our customers, whether that's the end consumer or our, you know, stores and retailers that carry us and, you know, from decisions to, you know, do we go with a sales agency and just kind of try to get them to blow it out of the water? Do we bring in our own rep that cares deeply about that relationship and, and how we kind of, we exist in the market? So yeah, I love that stuff. A lot of fun. Amazing. And, you know, for those people who are listening, we're talking about, you know, they have a few you know key things going for them, you know, plenty of hard uh, kombucha has, you know, uh, a, a market segment that is, you know, uh, in, in, in the world of, of, you know, analogies, they're, they're the blue ocean, right? They're not in a sea of, of red where everybody is on the shelf and competing for shelf space. So, you know, that, that's one part of it. And, but, you know, as most people will know, uh, a product only gets you so far, no matter how good it is. And, and the other part of that is really the, the brand and marketing uh, and, and the ability to, to deliver on, on excellence. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And when we talk about, Valley's, you know, and and your undying and unwavering commitment to producing a good product, and then of course sticking to core values and knowing, you know, your story and knowing, you know, how you want to show up in the world, uh, that makes a really big difference because it's easier for a consumer and or vendor or partners, um, you know, supply chain people to be on board with a story, and you know that story invites them in to 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 that journey. And, you know, that's really powerful. And a lot of business owners negate that because they feel like, you know, it seems like such a, a, a daunting thing. They don't know if it has any payoff to it when, you know, they're working on brand and they're, they're focusing so much on the internal compass of the company. Can you speak to, you know, how that has started to show up in your business when you focus on the culture aspect and asking deeper questions about whether you know this supplier or that uh, mode of of being you know sold uh, resonates with your core values and what you want to stand for as a company? What sort of things have shown up? Uh, what sort of successes have you had? And you know what sort of things have you identified along that process? Sure, I'll start. Uh, so one thing that we always wanted as part of our core values and brand was transparency. So <clears throat> in the beverage and alcohol worlds, there's not a requirement to label anything. Um, and so we wanted to be, you know, one of the first to really, um, you know, some of the refreshment beverages have already done this. They put the label on the back and we, and we love that. And we thought, you know, why not call out, you know, what's in the can and sort of drive awareness around what what you're drinking, right? Whole Foods did this for organic food, right? Like 10, 15 years ago, brought awareness to the importance of kind of what you're you're consuming and, and how your your dollars spent are kind of a vote for what you want to see in the world and and uh, how the environment's treated. Uh, and so we wanted to kind of bring that into the beverage worlds. And so that's something we've done with our labeling and, and continue to do. Um, yeah, another Part of our packaging is uh, we use recyclable tops. So um, that was a choice that we made. It's an expensive choice, but an important one. So instead of the plastic rings, we wanted something that was uh, more environmentally friendly. Cool. Yeah, and Vancouver is so health conscious, right? And for us to call out, uh, you know, all of these benefits that we have, you know, our low calorie, low carb, um, low sugar and organic ingredients. I think that that makes a huge difference for consumers. Fantastic. Oh, that's, those are great answers. Now from a supply chain and, and for sales, like, 
you know, choosing to whether or not you're going to go with a, a bigger agency or to bring somebody in house, you know, how do you view that that could affect, um, you know, the way that, you know, you're portrayed and or um, what do you want to, to do as a statement piece when you decide on which way you guys are going to go? Yeah, we did. We did make that decision. So we we brought in a sales manager. So again, uh, you know, a more expensive choice, but the right choice for us. We, you know, he's he cares deeply about the brand. We we chat a lot about how we're building the culture and the company all together as a team. Um, and so that consistency in everything we do, um, you know, him being you know very much the face of the company, uh, you know, with our, our retailers is, was really important to us to have that. Um, commitment and consistency and um, yeah and I think yeah. it's fun. It, it speaks well that you know we're in we have 125 accounts in in three months I think that you know to his credit is is really about relationships certainly in this industry yeah and and, and your question about uh, Justin there about agency versus having our own um, sales manager is you know, with an agency, we considered all the odds like agency, they might have 20, 30 other products they're representing, like how much time can they give to us? Whereas having our own sales representative, like he's talking out of, about a product, he's an invested in that product, right? Not to say that we're, we wouldn't be using an agency when we go national, we probably would have to, but it does make a huge difference um, because he's part of our team. Like Especially in yeah. these early days when that educational mm-hmm. component is so important, so, right? It is. And and that's uh, it's a really important point that you kind of made there, Valley. You know, as, as business owners and we're scaling, you know, having your in-house team do that work, the legwork early on actually is really beneficial in the long run because what you guys do is establish a marketing culture. Um, you know, you have the real roadmap paved uh, for the real message and the real deliverance of, of that product and the relationships that you want to forge uh, by, by being able to document that and, and then bring that to an agency when you go to national uh, and, and you have to scale upwards. I mean, it's hard to bring an entire agency into a, a company mm-hmm. right off the bat. So an agency uh, outsource is a really important piece. But, you know, oftentimes when you when you outsource that, there's a disconnect from the original product uh, manufacturer to what goes to the end market because, you know, they speak kind of two different languages. For you guys, by bringing somebody in uh, and, and focusing solely on the sales and, and being invested in the company, that knowledge and that acumen can actually translate better uh, when when you guys get to that point and you guys have to you start to plateau and you need that extra boost from an agency Mm -hmm. that knowledge that groundwork that you guys did is so so important uh, in in terms of you know keeping that brand voice keeping you know the things that are very near and dear to you so that the agency understands because as you said they're going to be busy they're going to have lots of products on the shelves and they have lots of things going on so to be succinct in the dialogue and the way that you want to present yourself and how they're going to market you, uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job keeping that in-house uh, right off the bat and just kind of growing and maturing that. So good for you guys for making that position. Yeah, Thank absolutely. This was a two-way uh, disconnect, right? So not only just kind of the push out, but also the, the you know the feedback into us was really important as well. So understanding, you know, what are people loving about it or what are the objections and understanding and having a closer ear to the ground initially was was really important to us as well. Fantastic. So now I'm a little bit more curious, a little bit about the SCOBY and then we talked about the very beginning <laughs> aspects of it. So I, first of all, I, I, I'm so curious, 
where does one get a SCOBY or do you make a SCOBY? Like I'm like clueless. Like, so just fill me in, like pretend I'm like a two-year-old, have no clue. Um, you can buy a SCOBY from, there's lots of people SCOBY, selling SCOBYs online to, to start. Uh, some of the kombucha companies are selling SCOBYs. Um, this, yeah, you could just search for a SCOBY and probably buy it off Amazon as well. Um, you can, can you grow SCOBY. One? Okay, so, yep, so you yeah, can. You can go out and buy kombucha from the store, put it in a jar, and just let it sit for a while. It'll make, it'll make a SCOBY. Like you could just let it sit in room temperature. But what you need to do is in order to create a SCOBY, you have to allow oxygen to go in. So you could buy a bottle and just put a cloth over it, maybe put in a wide ma wide mouth mason jar and put a cloth over it and cover it with a rubber band or, or something. So there's some oxygen going into the kombucha. It'll build its own SCOBY. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so yeah. you know, the reason why I'm I'm curious about that because I'm into fermentation in the last little while. I've been making mustard and stuff like that. So, you know, oh. I was like, oh, like I've seen people do it and I've seen people buy the scoby. So I was like, oh, can you make a scoby and how does that work? So, you know, thank you for asking that question. Now, when you talk about using the scoby and, and and I believe that you talked about, um, you know, sort of making teas and stuff with it. So, So what is the actual process? Like, you know, when you take the scoby and you're you're fermenting it to in in what medium to make like the 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 drink and beverage that you have in there like i'm not entirely sure what you add like you know obviously I don't put it in water but you must put it in some sort of other medium that it converts it to correct um yeah it's actually we we use a tank and we use a, the ingredients are green tea water and sugar those are the three so ingredients you make uh you make kombucha with oh, our okay, base kombucha cool. yeah so that's really good to know so then so with this does that mean that this has caffeine in it or is that caffeine eliminated because of the scoby uh, the caffeine is eliminated from mm -hmm. from the brewing process oh. so the scoby uses the tannins in the tea and it actually um most of the caffeine is removed in the kombucha making process. So it's very like trace amounts of caffeine left. Okay, good. So that means if I have a party, I'm not going to be really up all night because I drank a bunch of these and highly caffeinated for the night, right? No, no, oh. it's, it's very small amounts of like trace amounts of caffeine that's left. It's cool. less than a decaffeinated cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, we've tested yeah. it. It's it was like one sixteenth of a cup of decaf. It's like nothing. Okay, that's good because yeah. I just don't want to host a party, serve this to a bunch of people, and then have them stay for the rest of the night <laughs> because they can't it's, go to sleep. It's a common question. Party, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, so like you know, curious, right? Just like you know, it doesn't you? Know, it, I don't feel like like it would have been something like highly caffeinated. I don't get jitters or anything out of it. And of course, obviously low sugar helps in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I was curious. I was like, well, if you're going to make it out of tea, does it have caffeine in it? Cool. Um, so, so can you tell me maybe about a few other flavors that you guys have on the market with this? Like, so I have this, I have this one. This one was the mango pineapple coconut. Uh, and then I believe uh, I got another one that was a grapefruit one. Grapefruit. Yes, grapefruit hibiscus. Those are the two flavors we've launched with. Um, and we've got two more coming for the fall and winter. Cool. So yeah. uh, when you select the flavoring and stuff like that, is there something you have to consider like like the sugar levels of a fruit? Like, 
like let's just say because bbc is like full of blueberries right like mm-hmm. is it is it too much sugar like you know uh is there something that like you have to consider when you're making that that sort of yeah we do consider uh the sugar levels of fruit because we want to stay low sugar so then we would just adjust the amount of fruit we add right like uh we would add lower quality quantities of this and then a bit more of that um but it 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 works out by the time the brewing process is done the sugar level is so low we ferment out all the sugars mm. um even if we were to use a high sugar content fruit it would be um we'd, we'd make it balance cool. cool that was all part of the r&d yeah nice no that's really that's really neat to, and I, i'm i'm guessing that like no part of the scoby ends up in the can itself right like you're not no it's, it's filtered thing. multiple times uh the beverage is pretty you know it's if you pour it in a glass, there's no floaty bits. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a floaty bit yet. I'm, I'm just, no, I'm there, there curious, won't be right? any. You know? <laughs> no, there won't be any. We filter it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, so, you know, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I mean, I think it's really interesting to to not only hear about a new product that comes to market, um, you know, but also sort of the, the journey that it takes uh, to, to bring an alcoholic beverage more particularly into a market, especially with a conglomerate like BC liquor um, that really does have a monopoly over a lot of stuff. And the small liquor stores really, you know, they'll move product, but they don't necessarily move in volumes as BCL would. Right. So it's really nice to hear a story of how that came to be. And it's really cool that you came up with this in your kitchen. Like, I couldn't leave anything more than like a day in my kitchen before my wife cleans it up. So I don't know, like, like, (laughs) having something sit there for three or four days, I think would just irk her. So good thing that you had the patience to go and create something like this. Um, and, and of course, now the mass appeal uh, to the people in the market. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more about, you know, uh, Plenty Hard, is there somewhere that they can go um, that they can learn more? Uh, and then, you know, other than, you know, what maybe in, in locally, what other stores might you be in um, other than the, the, the handful of BC liquor stores that you're in now? Yeah, we're, we're in um, 125 accounts, so some uh, on-premise restaurants um, and a lot of private liquor stores across Vancouver, North Van, all the way up the Sea to Sky Corridor. We're on the island and all the way in the Okanagan, Kelowna, Vernon, Lake Country. Yeah, um, wow. the best place to look is our, our website. So we've got a map of all the locations where you can find us. Cool. And what's the website? Plentyhardcombucha.com. Perfect. And so for the people listening, I'll put that in the description below. Uh, and so, our Instagram as well is, is got where to buy and information about the beverage. So that's also the Instagram handle is at Plenty Hard Kombucha. Perfect. Now, before I end this podcast, I always ask my guests, um, what is a book or a resource that has deeply impacted your life and career? And I've given you like 30 minutes to think about it because I told you in the preamble, but you know, what can you share with our listeners that they could go and maybe add to their book uh, uh, reading list? Sure. I'm a, a avid reader. I, I love, love, love uh, books. I, I would say if I had to pick one, which is very difficult to do, that has most impacted my life, uh, most recently would it be uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits. So I, I'm obsessed with systematizing and trying to, to create, you know, habits. And this really, really gave me a practical way to develop and, and build habits into my day-to-day so that it kind of frees up, you know, cognitive function for other things. So I, I loved that book. Um, and, a, and a resource I, I 
probably got that book idea from is the Tim Ferriss podcast. I, uh, you know, listen to it, you know, every single episode and get lots and lots of tidbits about productivity and, and systematic thinking. Fantastic. How about you, Valley? Um, it's a tough one. So I've got, I've actually got two favorite books. One's a spiritual book and one's more, you know, uh, the other one's called Principles by Ray Dalio. Yep. I love Principles. It's yeah. A, it's an encyclopedia. A great book. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. So I have two favorite books that that one's definitely one of my favorite for life and work principles. And then the other one's uh, a spiritual book. If I can share it's actually Gabby Bernstein's um, universe has your back. I've heard of the title. I haven't read it yeah. yet, but it, it, it's yeah. it's on my list somewhere. It's 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 definitely not in the top ten, but it's down there somewhere. So I might have to bump that up to because you're the second person to to recommend that book. So I might have to put that one up a little higher on the list. But thank you so much for joining me here, ladies. You guys are awesome to talk to, and it was, I learned a lot about kombucha today. Uh, and, and and I'm hoping that anybody who listens to this, uh, go give it a try. It's actually quite good. It's it's uh. It's kind of cidery and it has that satisfaction of a beer. So it is, it is quite good. Um, I, I'd recommend you try it at least once. Uh, and if you're not a fan of those, those, um, what do they call those vodka uh, spritzers and stuff, this is definitely better because I hate those things. Uh, but, but I can drink this. So um, yeah, and, and that's great because I've been looking for a different alternative because I really just cannot handle the, the neutrals and I can't handle the the nudes that just uh, just not my thing so there you go you um, found yourself a new I drink i think i found a new drink so and and it's low carb which will be great not not, not as much bloat so <laughs> but awesome. thank you guys for joining me here today and uh i everybody who's listening thank you and we'll uh hear from or talk to you guys next week thank you justin thanks for having us we want to thank you for listening to the digging deep podcast with 360 media your time is valuable, and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.